0: everybody has their own stuff right like mm-hmm. they're something that they're dealing with whether it's a kid at home whether it's you know you're going through a health care trauma yourself or you know someone who is I think that's what really helped me um kind of gain more empathy of like not having a short of a leash for others than really thinking you know other people have their own baggage and their own things they're dealing with
1: hello Welcome to Statement Mondays, where we explore how different women harness their identities at work. I'm your host, Natalie Munster, and if you need a reason to be bold today, here it is. Today is Statement Monday. Our guest today, Susie Kimmel, is a team lead at a large healthcare technology company and prides herself in executing efficiently and in being an incredible people manager. On the personal side, she overcame breast cancer she had at age 25. And in this episode, we dive into Susie's philosophies on what it means to give and receive feedback well, and how this trauma changed, or didn't change, how she held herself at work. I actually caught her on the last day of maternity leave while she was relaxing at her happy place, the lake, with her new daughter. So anyway, stick around after the interview to hear my top takeaways on what Susie talks about. Here we go. Welcome, Susie. Thank you for joining me today, uh, and I'm excited to be interviewing you. Yeah, I'm excited too. This should be fun. So to start off, could you please introduce yourself?
0: Sure. My name is Susie Kimmel. I'm a 32-year-old woman who has been working at a large healthcare IT company for about 10 years now. I live in the Midwest and have a husband, a dog, a daughter who is five months old, and I love doing anything and everything active, outdoorsy. We live on the lake, so we're always in the water. Um, and it's been harder since I've had a little a little daughter at home. But biking is kind of my escape from my getaway. So I try to get on a bike ride at least three times a
1: week. But yeah, I guess that's, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> what is your public professional identity, would you say?
0: Yeah, and this is actually the hardest question for me to think about and answer. It's like, Huh, who am I? You know? <laughs> I don't really think about it on a day to day basis, but and it's a it's a big cliche, but really what I came up with is boss lady. So, you know, and everything that I do I get it done. And I really raise the bar and the quality of work of those around me so I have high expectations for myself I have high expectations for others and I will do everything in my power to help you get to the expectations you have for yourself as well so at work specifically like I also really set the tone of the culture on our team work hard but be kind is is kind of my motto I really hate when people are you know, at higher positions and are just, are just mean to, to people below them. And mm-hmm. I just think that's so unnecessary. You can expect the best and push people to work hard, but still be kind.
1: That's admirable. Work hard and be kind. That's a great motto. Um, so it sounds like you have a personality that definitely, I mean, you're you're in a leadership position at work. And mm-hmm. so it sounds like you definitely don't fade into the background at all. You're a very strong no. voice in in any scenario that you're in.
0: Yeah, I think it is a little bit innate in my personality. I've always been out there. I've always been honest, bold, uh, an open book, straight to the point. But I think over time, I've become very intentional about it too, especially as I've, I've raised up through the ranks, how I act and what I do impacts a lot of people below me, next to me, above me. So I really do think a lot about the type of person I want to be. How do I want to make those around me feel? I think it's more on the actions I'm taking and what those consequences are. You know, if the consequences mm-hmm. are negative or future Suzy will be really upset about how I made that choice or action in the moment, I won't take that. So I am very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, again, I want to impact leave people feeling better than they felt before they started talking to me or working with me. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is very intentional.
1: Has that, Desire to positively impact people in that way always been a part of you, or has has you just realized that over the years through working the effect that you have on people?
0: I would say no, it has not always been part of me. You know, I was um, in high school and college. I was very focused on myself, very uh, driven to succeed on myself. A little selfish, you know, a little self centered. When you you have to be when you're kind of figuring out who you are. Mm -hmm. But I think over time through not only like the positive outcomes that I, I saw from kind of my behaviors and attitude, but also through feedback, it's been reinforced over time and kind of has helped me grow. And I think that that culture of feedback when the company I work with, and I think feedback overall is so important. And for any young woman um, listening to this, mm-hmm. I, I hope that you really buy into that feedback. And it's not, it's so important to give it, but also receive it
1: well, What does it mean to receive feedback well?
0: Yeah. So listen, don't automatically get defensive. I I give a lot of feedback in my job uh, and to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the first thing people are like, they kind of take it personally. It's, oh, this is a front on me as my identity. I am doing, like me as a human, I am bad because of the feedback that I'm receiving. Mm -hmm. And you have to distance yourself from that. You know, if you're getting feedback of your you are know, too boisterous. You're just steamrolling over people in these meetings. You need to sit back and listen. Don't take that offensively. Just sit back, let it sink in, try and find, find a nugget of truth in it mm-hmm. um, and really try to grow from it. Because even if you don't feel that that's true, other people's perceptions, they see you as that and really perception equals reality.
1: Mm. And I'm sure it also helps if you have an agreement with whatever person you're receiving or giving feedback to of honesty. Oh, and yeah. Of... Like this is not personal, this is for your own growth and then I'm sure it helps to prevent getting defensive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I in giving feedback, that's my number one advice to people is, is ask the person, Are you in a mental state where you're able to accept feedback or, or would you like to talk about feedback? Mm-hmm. And give them the option to say no. You know, I'm not it was a bad day. I don't want to talk about this right now. Let's regroup tomorrow or or next week. Mm-hmm. Um and that gives them kind of an opportunity to, to be in a better state to receive it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And I'm also want to jump back and get a little bit more specific about what type of feedback you've received.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think. So I don't think it's ever any one piece of feedback that is kind of crystallized of, oh, I need to change the, you know, who I am. It's more just, you know, what actions and behaviors that I, I received positive reinforcement from, I kind of just naturally steer that direction. And, and maybe it's because I'm a very competitive person and I am a high achiever. So mm-hmm. whenever you get that positive feedback, it's, it's a little addicting almost. So mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I need to do more of this in order to get more of that feedback. Uh, um, I do weekly wisdoms, I call them. I send an email out to a whole division of about 150 people every Wednesday just with a nugget of something that I've learned throughout my career hmm. it could be something like very tactical about how to do a certain milestone in a project really well or it could be something like how to handle tough feedback or you know how to ask for help um, you know different things that I've kind of experienced that I like impart uh, upon uh, my wisdom across, across others, especially since I, I do work with a very young company and a lot of people fresh out of college. So mm. I'm the wise one that's been there for ten years. At this
1: point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing that I'd love to ask is what you've you've been at this healthcare software company for ten years. What has kept you there? And how, like, do you think that's it's a fun. really core part of your identity at this point?
0: Yeah, absolutely, I do, and. I would say it's absolutely the people that I work with. We have the most hardworking, most compassionate. We have a very good mission, too. I mean, we're heroes helping heroes. We're a healthcare IT company where we really have the patient at the heart. And the work that we do helps to provide care to to many people who would not be able to get care. Mm -hmm. Um, Quality care, I should say. (laughs) To many people who would not otherwise be able to get that. So I think the mission, number one, the people, number two, I love my customers. You know, we work with large and small hospitals across the country and the world, and they are just, you know, on the front lines really fighting uh, to give everyone the best healthcare care possible. Um, and I just love working with them to help further their mission as well.
1: Hmm. It sounds like you've really taken the mission of the company to heart with yourself as well. Do you think that... Like working there has had a direct impact um, in a very tangible way on on you as a person, even outside of work.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. But I've learned over time that I, in order to stay happy and sane, I need to separate that from um, you know my purpose from my job, my purpose from any title. Because if one thing is going poorly, you know, let's say you know I had a really bad week at work, or I don't like the direction a uh, project is going, I would really take that personally into heart and let it bring me down as, as a human. And like, I would equate that with my happiness and my ability to, to, to be good on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing with my identity as a life. If my husband and I were fighting, I was like, oh man, I'm just failing. I just feel like, you know, a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And over time, I've learned that you have to separate your, your roles from who you are. Um, and like you are purpose and you can apply your purpose in any role that you have, but just because you have a role doesn't mean that that gives you purpose.
1: That is so powerful. <laughs> I mean, do you have any advice on how to separate that? Cause it makes sense that you would want to maintain your own purpose and your own confidence in yourself and who you are.
0: Also a equity answer. I think I just learned it through life. <laughs> too right, like uh, when I was younger, absolutely a hundred percent of my purpose was my identity was work because mm-hmm. that was all of my life. I started off uh first of the college at this company, and I worked a ton because I had the time, mm-hmm. you know. And I I was getting positive reinforcement, and I was enjoying it, and it's competitive, and I was, you know, that was my identity. And then, kind of as I grew up, I got more identities. I got say yes, wife, mother. Um, athletes. I kind of started focusing more on those because I found it was—I think was, it's was getting pretty unhealthy—that I was so tied to this and so focused on this one part of my life that I think I just had to kind of go through it. And actually, uh, another thing that was my breakthrough, and I know not everybody has this, but I had a—I had a trauma in my life when I was 25. I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I think that really helped me put things into perspective and kind of a shift away from you know pouring all my time and effort into into this job and being so stressed out about it if it was going even slightly off course, which it never really was, but in my head it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of that was a mental shift for me that put things into perspective. So I know not everyone has a trauma like that, mm-hmm. but so I would say my advice would be just recognize it at first. Like if you feel like, man, you are so upset because of one part of your life is not going well, maybe that's time to step back a little bit and and refocus on other areas or
1: other identities that you have. Mm-hmm. And find more of a balance yeah,
0: to reclaim
1: yeah, your full identity rather than the the single one that you've been focusing so much energy on. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so then I'd love to ask then how you bring yourself to work or whether you bring your whole self to work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I loved this question, the whole self and why or not. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, to me, like, when you say, what is your whole self, it's your whole heart and your whole mind. And what I mean by that is for your whole mind, you need to be fully present, focused, and committed. Mm-hmm. But then with your whole heart, you're also empathetic and caring. So I truly care deeply about the success of my customers, my employees, my peers. And I really do think you need that genuine sense of caring in order to be successful and happy in any role that you have. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, if your whole heart and your whole mind is not in it, then why are you
1: doing it? Mm. So it's definitely also like given the role and the industry you're in, it feels really essential for you as a leader to succeed, uh, to be able to bring more of yourself to work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've always felt comfortable with that. I just always have been myself, and you know, I'm a very take it or leave it person. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just think if like if you can't be your whole self, then it's not worth your your time and energy, like if you can't, you should be spending your time and energy doing something else where you can be your whole self.
1: And do you think then that you're setting an example at work for other people to bring more of themselves? I hope so. Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. <laughs> yeah. Valid. Uh, and then and then um you mentioned that you were diagnosed with breast cancer when you were twenty five. So deep uh-huh. into, you know, spending all of your time at work. Um, has that changed how you brought yourself to work? I'd
0: like to say it has in that I don't let the small things bug me as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. Um I used to take things, you know, if something was poorly or I got a, a negative outcome on something, it was a, like a failure of self in my mind. Mm-hmm. And that has shifted o- over time and probably because of breast cancer, too, mm-hmm. of, you know, there are more important things to be worrying about. <laughs> if I, you know, overslept for this meeting, it's not going to be the end of the world as long as I loop back and explain what happened and make sure I make amends quickly, mm-hmm. you know? I, I think it just
1: helps put things in perspective a little bit more. and. For you, since, as you said before, most people probably wouldn't have a a trauma uh, like this. But do you think your, like, change in how you approach work was abrupt enough for other people to to notice a change in you? Um,
0: I don't don't know. Probably not. Because I still think, like, at my core, I am who I am, right? I am an intense driver of process, of success, of outcomes. And I think maybe I've been a little bit more empathetic than I have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think actually from becoming a mother more than anything is like, I have never understood why, you know, people would cancel on a meeting last minute or, or show up late. I was like, come on, like, get your stuff together. <sighs> but everybody has their own stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're something that they're dealing with, whether it's a kid at home, whether it's, you know, you're going through a healthcare trauma yourself or you know someone who is. I think that's what really helped me um kind of gain more empathy of like not having a short of a leash for others than really thinking you know other people have their own baggage and their own things they're dealing with
1: let's pause here we just heard about the importance of feedback and of separating your self-worth from your job and i'll talk about this at the end and we also heard the start of how having breast cancer has affected susie at work What I really want to highlight here for just a sec is Susie's approach to her actions and decisions in the workplace. She said that she thinks ahead to, will future Susie be happy with how she acted or reacted in a situation? I love this. Do you ever think about your future self's response? I definitely have, but it's more like, oh, will future Natalie regret this? Or will future Natalie regret not doing this? more on a grander life event scheme. But it sounds like I should start using this method of reflection on a smaller scale and in my day to day. along the same lines, the guiding value for how Susie interacts with people is that she wants them to feel better and more positive leaving a conversation with her than when they entered. I'm sure lots of people want this as well, but they're not as intentional about making that happen As Susie is, and that makes all the difference. Okay, so coming up, we'll learn how Susie's co-workers reacted to her breast cancer, and then stepping back a bit from that, how her intensity comes through in her day-to-day. Reminds me a little bit of last week's episode with Tyler Lucy. Hmm. (laughs) Anyway, if you've listened to other episodes, you know the drill. At the end of the interview, I always ask my guests the same question, what are your heels? And this is really asking, what is a piece of you that gives you confidence and strength and that you wear with pride, whether it's physical or not? Let's get back to the interview. Do people at work know that, do they know about your yeah. health situation? Yeah,
0: it's, it's interesting. I, that was the weird thing for me coming back. It's like, yeah, a lot of people do who, who were around and that happened, mm-hmm. but so many people don't. So when they find out, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm very much, you know, an open book about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, probably at this point, more people that I work with don't know than mm-hmm. do.
1: And so when it first was happening, did you treat it as a fact or did people around you get a sense for actually everything that you were going through? But
0: while it was happening, like it was uh, pretty much a year of surgery, radiation, and my company just did, treated me phenomenally. Mm -hmm. Like they, I was pulled from all of my email customers, no problem, no questions asked, you know, replacements were brought in, the bills around me, it put a lot of pressure on those that were around me that were Mm -hmm. helping with the roles that I had. They just essentially took over and they never made me feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. They were wanting nothing but help me and make me feel good. Mm-hmm. So what I needed, you know, being who I am was I needed still something to feel important to come into work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. <laughs> Maybe it was from nine to two and I just stared at my computer for four hours, but I still came into work and I still had some jobs to do that were really, you know, menial things that But people made them so I could feel important and feel like I was still contributing to the company and society and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, like at the time when it was happening, absolutely, people uh, knew and were accommodating and saw that I I was not myself and could not do nearly as much. But Mm -hmm. I'd say very quickly afterwards, so pretty much back to my full self.
1: Nice. Yeah, one of the ideas I'm exploring is really how much of yourself can you or like really should you bring because I imagine a lot. Of people who might be listening to this have medical problems of their own and maybe they don't feel Mm -hmm. comfortable sharing or maybe they don't feel they need to but maybe sometimes it's something that they really really want to get out there but feel they can't Uh, and so I I think it's great to hear from someone who's had that experience.
0: Yeah, I had nothing but positive and I still can do to have nothing but positive reactions when when I bring it up. And I I can understand like other types of health issues, though whether it's like in anxiety or depression, I could see why that, you know, you might want not want to share that. Um, but I would encourage people to be honest. I'm all hundred percent for honesty and if you're not honest with others and then there's a problem, then Mm -hmm. it's a lot harder to deal with later on.
1: Yeah. And did you know what you needed during this time? I know from my own experience, I tend to not bring up a problem or something that's bothering me unless I've found a solution already, uh, which yeah, does not lend fair. itself to being very honest with people necessarily. Mm-hmm. But did you feel like you needed to know what you needed? Uh, or were you fine just putting that in the open, sharing, you know, your newest challenges without necessarily knowing how other people could help or how they would respond?
0: I think it's the latter. And uh, I think with mine too, it's very much, uh, people are very understanding of cancer and I think empathetic towards it. And Mm -hmm. the reaction that you always get is how can I help Mm -hmm. from anybody? So, you know, it's not like stigmatizing by any means where some mental health, unfortunately is stigmatizing today, but yeah, I, I just was upfront and honest and if I showed up at work one day and I was like, I "Can't do this," actually that happened. I, I I think I had just finished a round of chemo, and I really wanted to go on site to my client because I, I loved them so much, and I wanted to like they just went live without me. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to see them and say like, "Hey, ha- see how things are going," and just kind of have a little bit of closure. So I went when mm-hmm. I shouldn't have, mm-hmm. um, and I traveled. Um, and it was pretty bad. I got like some bloody noses in the plane and in the hotel, I was like, half of soon as I got there. And the next day I went on site and I like saw everybody and they were so kind and it was so like fulfilling for me. The next day I woke up and was like, I cannot do this. I can't go back in. And my CIO that I worked with I was like, Susie, you're crazy for even coming down here. I would not have let my daughter or wife do this go home and I was like okay so I just literally stayed in the hotel that day flew home that evening so uh yeah I think that there are certainly different reactions and sometimes I don't know I didn't know what I needed and I Mm -hmm. did the wrong thing but people around me were very helpful and empathetic along the
1: way yeah so I'd love to shift gears for a little bit could you tell me about a memorable moment that you felt invincible at work and then what empowered you
0: yeah, so there are a lot of moments, um, but I think the most recent big one is I was working with a client, and they were off track for a big milestone for a project. We were very close to to turning on the software and, and actually going live, and they weren't going to make it. Like it was a lot of years in the making, lots of money, lots of blood, sweat, and tears poured into this, and it was our oh shit moment. And they didn't help fast, so. I coordinated getting 50 people on flights within 24 hours and Mm -hmm. on site at the customer site. You know, no questions asked. I had to, well, there were a lot of questions asked, but (laughs) pretty much took the bull by its horn and I I got it done. But this was an instance where I just acted as like, this is what we need. I know we need to do it. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to figure out the cost and everything else later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I had to work with a lot of our senior executives. and, And really what I learned through that process is you need quick concise communication you know what is the problem one sentence what's the impact if we don't get this done one sentence Mm. what's the solution and what do I need from you and I was able to do that very quickly (laughs) in a very short amount of time as I was like it was insane that we got 50 people on a flight within like from 10 p.m. one evening to 10 p.m. the next day again why I'm there for so long is because I love the people I work with. Mm-hmm. They're like absolutely kind of people. We're going to jump on planes and figure this out. Um, I don't know what the plan is when I'm getting on this plane, but I know that when I land, I'll, I'll know what I need to do. Um, <laughs> so it was nice. Like we got everyone that we needed. Uh, we achieved a great outcome. Um, they turned the software on on time and everything went really, really smoothly. So that was kind of the moment that I thought of when we asked the questions.
1: Yes. Do you think um, that you felt invincible because it just reinforced to you your identity that you said before, boss lady, being able to execute? Yeah, yeah. Is that when you yeah. first discovered how good you were at that or is that um, you already knew it at that point and this was your shining moment to really prove it?
0: I've known, I've known for a while. I mean, I've been doing this for ten years. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm pretty confident in what I'm doing. It was very powerful. Like I have the control over this. People, if I say we need this, they act.
1: And mm-hmm. that was,
0: you know, that's addicting <laughs> in a way.
1: <laughs> Great. And I have a handful of smaller questions. The first one: What is your life motto?
0: Oh, my life motto. I would say forgiveness not permission so if, if i see a problem or if i think something should be done i'm just going to go do it mm-hmm. and if it rubs people the wrong way or if i make a mistake or it turns out poorly then i'll seek forgiveness uh, and help to be a part of the solution but i'm not going to wait around and wait for people to tell me that there's a problem i need to solve or wait direction for uh, oh i see this but i need permission system before i act you no, know, if there's if there's a problem, you know, go solve it. Seek forgiveness, not
1: permission. <laughs> yeah, and that sounds just like the uh, the story you told about a memorable moment with getting <laughs> everyone on a flight. <laughs> um, what five words would people you work with use to describe you?
0: Okay, well, first is intense. Um, absolutely, I'm a very intense person. Uh, I have a high standard for myself and others. And I really, I never lower my bar and I, I don't expect others to lower their bars either. Um, so, like, obviously there's a time and a place where if it's, you know, for health, you know, illness or you're becoming a new mom and need a little bit of time to ramp back up, that makes sense. But, you know, you should meet your, you should have a high bar for yourself. You should be able to meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, my boss equated <laughs> me to a helicopter flying above head, uh, you know, like, like, oh, a war helicopter i don't know what word to use but like you know i am an executive at my company so i am you know high level view of everything and if one area is not going badly you know i swoop down and it's like okay you got to get back better and then i come back off to my high level and i swoop down so people are like oh gosh she's up there somewhere she's gonna come like you know swoop down on me or not <laughs> um but i think that on that flip side then my, my second word is a coach so I, mm. I definitely, if you're not meeting expectations, i help you. So it's not just shoving aside and giving up on you and getting someone else in this place. That's by no means, no. I want to help you. If it's a, if it's a project we're working on, I'll explain the outcome that we're trying to, to achieve. Mm-hmm. Try uh, and let you figure it out on your own. If you can't, I'll give you a step. after that step you don't know what to do you know I give feedback along the way and push that person to be successful so like yes I'm a very intense person but hopefully it's with good intention and a good heart behind it I Mm -hmm. want you to succeed I want the client to succeed I want our our company to succeed um yeah intense but a coach along the way
1: great so that's Um, two
0: (laughs) two words (laughs) Uh, I also
1: lot so sorry about that no this is great <laughs>
0: so, uh, the third word i would say is the driver um you know i'm really all about execution uh i'm not that visionary pie in the sky like oh this would be so cool if we did this thing um i'm very much detail oriented in the lead but push the needle forward uh constant iterative improvement um and i'm really outcome oriented so mm-hmm. definitely driver would be my third person my third word in the fishing is my fourth word I'm really, really good at time management. I hate meetings that don't have a purpose. And I so if I get on the meeting and like, what's the agenda? What's the goal? And people don't have that, I'm like, uh, Goodbye. It's <laughs> yeah. this, this not worth my time. I'm gonna move on to the next thing. Um, so I and I get through meetings very quickly. I, I hate like meeting overloads and just meeting to meet. Um and I have a really strong task management system that, that allows me to get my maximum amount of work done done by five pretty mm-hmm. much pretty regularly. So very efficient and uh, people are often impressed by that and wondering like how um <laughs> but yeah that's a whole that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> um and then my fifth word, word i would say is kind. um I, I think you want to uh i all about being nice to being kind listening having empathy again true caring about the success of those around you I mean, we're all human we're all doing our best to get by i i don't I truly don't think anybody's waking up in the morning to purposely try to ruin your day. But,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, kindness is something I've definitely worked on over the years.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, in one word or phrase, what are your heels?
0: I love these heels. Uh, there's so many heels. Um, I have three, if that's okay. So the first thing I said is seek forgiveness, not permission. Mm-hmm. The second one is I like to come to work with uh, a yes-if mentality rather than a no-but mentality. So if people are coming to you with a problem or asking for help or, you know, often my boss asks me to do really impossible things, I don't come of like, no, that's not possible because of X, Y, and Z things. I say, yes, that's possible if. And then without my requirements, maybe if I need more people, if I need more time, if I have more money, you know, whatever the, those things are. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, having a yes-if mentality is definitely a heel that I wear. <laughs> um, and then the, the third one I would say is, and this is maybe, you know, kind of related to my background, like my cancer experiences, um, on really tough days, well, those days you are like, oh gosh, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. I've been in the bathroom crying three times already today. I like don't know how this is gonna end up. Uh, you know, I like to remind myself that my track record for surviving tough days is one hundred percent. I've made it through every day that I've been on this earth so far, so <laughs> I will get through this one too, and and that's pretty good. So yeah, that's kind of my three heels.
1: I love the combination of those three. I think together they're very powerful. In particular. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Susie. It's been an absolute pleasure interviewing you today.
0: Well, it's been fun. Thank you, Natalie. I feel very honored that I was even
1: there. That was Susie Kimmel. Susie is an incredibly bold and vibrant person. And there are so many facets of her that make her powerful and confident, and her trauma with breast cancer is just one of those facets. Honestly, I think we should have Susie back on the show at a later date to talk more about her time management superpowers. In the meantime, though, let's talk about what I thought was by far the biggest takeaway from this interview. You shouldn't base your self-worth as a person on your successes at work. And this is one of those things that's easier said than done. Uh, It's natural to feel low when you're not performing to standards that others expect of you, or that you think they expect of you, or that you expect of yourself. Like in Susie's case when she returned to work after surgery and chemo. And it's also super normal to feel hurt or attacked when someone points out something that you could be doing better. I can give my own example here from my first year out of college. I had a steep learning curve on my first team, and I was really just trying to learn how to learn. Also, side note, I talk a little bit about learning how to learn in episode 12 with Michelle Greenfield in case you want to hear more about this idea. So my manager saw this and suggested I do some pair programming sessions with different coworkers. That meant we would book a meeting room and we would work on a coding task together. I took that as an insult. So to be clear, I was happy to do those sessions because I did agree I would learn a lot and I wouldn't have asked for that help on my own. But I took that suggestion as a sign of low faith in my abilities when he was really just trying to accelerate my growth. And something more that I learned later is to assume the best of people's intentions. Most people, and especially managers, don't want to make you feel bad. They just want to guide you and help you to be your best self. That's their job. And that feedback that they give is really a gift. So to wrap it up, I think for women in particular, it's easy to internalize feedback that we get, or even just internalize a bad day at work or even a bad week. But we are more than just our jobs. And that's what this whole podcast is about, capturing and growing your whole self. And your career is just one way you can apply your unique superpowers. And I really like the way that Susie put it, which is, as you live your life, you gain more identities, and you start to focus on those too, and your whole self isn't just wrapped up in your performance at work. So if you're having trouble grasping this in your own life, reach out to me. I'd love to hear about it and see if I could help. All right, fam, we're getting pretty comfortable here with 14 episodes in, But as always, I would love your help, and the way you can help today is by subscribing to Statement Mondays and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It takes five seconds to do both of those, and I really appreciate it. So remember, be bold. Today is Statement Monday. I'm Natalie Munster, my intern is Mallory Pilon, and my audio engineer is my brother, Martin Munster. You can get in touch and learn more about me and Statement Mondays at StatementMondays.com or follow us on Instagram at Statement Mondays. I'll see you next Monday. Bye!